Podcasting from Phoenix, Arizona, the home of year-round flip-flops, the nation's largest city park, and Cactus League spring training. This is The Saver and The Spender, a weekly podcast about budgeting and money habits from both perspectives. And now, here are your hosts, The Saver and financial coach, Kelsa Dickey, and her husband, The Spender, Michael Dickey. And welcome, welcome everybody, to The Saver and The Spender. Uh, we have a very special episode today because we are uh, we're having an interview, actually a, a three-way interview um, with some awesome ladies. So um, I think we'll just get right into it and I'll, I'll introduce them and we'll get started. So uh, Angelie and Jen Casey are the geniuses behind the Wellpreneur Business Academy, which is an exclusive three-month program that teaches health coaches systems and strategies that will launch their brand and master live video, social media, and branding. Joining us all the way from uh, sunny and warm, oh no wait, uh, Chicago and New York. <laughs> Angie and Jen, welcome to the Saver and the Spender. Soon, soon sunny soon. LA. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, how's, how's everybody doing? Enjoying the cool weather? The, yes, the we are weather. doing good. I, we're, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having us. Of course, yeah, thank you for joining us. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because it's great to have um, uh, people that have been experts and then have... Uh, become aware enough and smart enough and done it long enough to become coaches of experts. So, um, not only that, but I feel like for me, people ask me about budgeting and finance and it often leads into for my small business owners, well, how do I market or how do I get more clients? How do I do X, Y, Z? And I'm just always like, uh, let's, talk to somebody else about that, you know? So I know my business, but I am not a business coach like you ladies are business coaches so why don't you really quickly um each of you introduce yourselves and then tell us how you both got started together doing this as a team yeah cool who wants to go first <laughs> go ahead yeah jump in oh my god uh so yeah my journey was um, a health and wellness blogger i owned a health and wellness brand and did that for six or seven years and then eventually transitioned into business coaching really found this passion for speaking to women about things beyond food and fitness. I really got this passion to talk about money and branding and social media, and I built my brand all socially online. So it was pretty much an organic transition of going from health coaching to business coaching. And when Jen and I met, I said to her, you know, it's very interesting that there's this need in the, in the market that's not being filled. And when I see a need in the market that's not being filled, it's like, well, we better jump on it before <laughs> everyone else does. And I wished when I was a health and wellness coach that there was a program that would support me and walk me through the necessary steps to set this all up. I pretty much learned it all myself and put the messy pieces together. And it could have been so much more efficient if I would have had that structure and that system. So when I reached out to her, I said, I think that there's there's this need for this academy. I think that there's tons of network marketing women. There's so many health and wellness professionals that are coming out of these schools and they have the nutrition expertise, but they don't know what an email list is. <laughs> They're like, don't know how to actually run an online business. And especially in 2017, every girl wants to own an online business now, a lot of them for good reasons. It allows you to have that freedom. So I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and Jen was too. And majority of our clients were health and wellness professionals. And when we met randomly by the grace of God, <laughs> randomly, I said, Hey, what are you doing? And she's like, Oh, this is what I'm coaching on. I was like, huh, me too. Do you want to create this academy? And she said, yeah. <laughs> so that's a, it's a, another crazy story, but yeah. <laughs> that's kind of my, my me and a cliff note version. That's awesome. 
Awesome. Yeah, and I'm Jen, and I also started in health and fitness, which is why we love, love, love coaching health and fitness ladies on the business side, because a lot of these network marketing companies or nutrition certifications don't necessarily give the tangible how-to in terms of how do you get new clients, how do you build a brand, how do you stand out outside of you know, the cookie cutter stuff that you're seeing in Shape Magazine and all of these other places. And so that's something that I always struggled with early on in my journey. I became a health and fitness coach. I was doing group fitness um, classes and I was with network marketing. And I always found that I gravitated more towards making videos. I would always want to make videos, business coaching things. And everyone's like, you know, Jen, you know, with network marketing, you really got to spend more time on outreach. You got to get out in front of people and really, really spend time on the front end. And I was like, I just want to make videos all day long. Like, I don't know guys. (laughs) And eventually parted ways with that company and just kind of stepped forward as a business coach. And that's 100% where my passion always was. And, uh, yeah, it's, been a big goal of mine for the last couple of years, even before I signed with that company to, you know, really create my own products and programs. And when Angie and I met, we were both kind of in the process of creating our own things and had some of our own stuff. And, uh, we actually met through a Facebook live where I was kind of stalking Angie. I was on her email list and I was like, this girl is really cool. And she always had really fun emails. She formatted them in a really different way. And then she found me on a live video and wrote, I think you're my brunette twin. And I was like, oh, this girl, she commented on my thing. And so, yeah, we were totally like secretly fangirling about each other and then ended up jumping on some Zoom calls and kind of just chatting and getting to know each other a little bit, which is odd because I never really did that with anyone else. Yeah, either did I. Definitely so never it was did very that. bizarre. Yeah. And then... We kind of became friends. I randomly reached out to her and I was like, hey, we never met before, but want to come to this marketing place, like this event with me. And she couldn't go. And then as I was leaving that event, I was in the terminal leaving, waiting to come back to New York. And Angie was like, I have this crazy idea. I have to call you. I have this dream. I'm like, all right. So she's like, hey, so you were my dream last night. And I had this idea that we created this multi-million dollar business where we create this like big academy or school where we train health coaches on how to rock the business side. And I was like, oh, that's funny that I was in your dream. Cool. She's like, so you want to do it? want to make it? I was like, oh, all right. Like, so I was just like, she's like, well, you can like think about it. I was like, nope, sounds fun. Let's do it. And I just scrapped everything that I had mapped out like that entire weekend. And like within a few weeks I was in Chicago, bing, bang, boom. And like, the program was up and running so within yeah. like, like the craziest, months. Yeah. Like craziest year of our life. And it's yep. so funny because <laughs> yep. I remember preparing for that phone call. I was so nervous. I was like, what if she says no? I feel like it was like a date or something, right? I'm like, this creepy girl was stalking her. She was stalking me. But I had this gut intuition. And I said, you know, sometimes life really can change. And your life can literally change all because of one conversation or one phone call. And my life has literally changed. I mean, this has been one of the greatest blessings in my life. And it's so crazy because I remember being so nervous to call her. I was like, what if she says no? <laughs> and Did you I was wake like, yeah, up that you had a dream? I actually never asked no, you. Like you were, I kept thinking about you in my dream. So it like, wasn't an actual dream. dream. Yeah. It was just like a daydream. It was like daydreams. And I was like, huh, what if there was this school? No one else is creating this. I did, I did a lot of market research. I researched the hell out of this. No one else said was creating this. I'm like, why isn't anyone else creating this school? Hello. So I picked up the phone. I sent her the text that I have a multi-million dollar idea. I remember texting her that with like an emoji <laughs> with a money sign, right? Like money, <laughs> money. And then she was like, hmm, what? And then 
the rest is history. And we, yeah, here we are on this journey. So I'm, dying, <laughs> I'm dying to know. And, you know, Michael has this nice little outline uh, that he's prepared. And I will not follow this. This is my yeah, job. It's just, just questions. Show, I show up and Aww. I just start derailing his little plan. So I'm dying to know what do you, you each bring to the table that the mm. other does not? Ooh, this is a great question. Because <laughs> we have a lot of similarities, too. Sure. We do. So, yeah. We're very different. Jen is definitely more type A than me, which bless her soul. I'm actually very jealous of that. I'm That's one of my goals this year is to be more type A and organized. Jen sees things in a clear vision, and she can organize things a lot better. Um, she's wicked talented at the back end, too. Like, this girl can make a really complicated thing not complicated. <laughs> And I'm like, how did you, wait, what? I'll call her and be like, how did you do that? She's like, oh, I just uploaded it here. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I have been Googling how to do that. And I couldn't figure it out. So I guess, I don't know. And I'm a little bit more, I don't know. Is there type B? What do they call it? I'm just a little bit more. You just say yes. And we, we were yes. talking about this yesterday. Saying, if it's fun, I'm in. Angie just goes. If there's somebody that she wants to connect with, she just, boom, reaches out to them. Great. I talked to this person who's like this multimillionaire who, you know, would have no business like hanging out with us, you know, but she's like, oh, I don't care. I don't know. She messaged them. I'm like, what? Like, you just message them. What do you mean? She's like, okay, I think these other people, we should just find them. We should just be, you know, friends with them. I'm like, okay, like, sure. I guess we could do that. So I think she cracks me up. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We think in, I think in the beginning, especially, it was like trying to figure out what roles we could play and how we could make things function in the most efficient way. So at least for the first round of WBA and the first launch of it, it was like you really had built this beautiful audience. So I think that was your biggest strength that you can connect with people on such a deep level. You knew your audience so well, had really developed a tight relationship with them. I kind of joke around with Angie and I know a lot of her people have as well that she's kind of like this marketing anomaly where you know, everybody says, oh, you, you need to have a, this kind of sales page. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I just made this like five figure launch off of like, basically the list of like everything that you're not supposed to do. Like she just yeah. does whatever the heck she wants, whatever she feels into intuitively. And it's just like this massive success. And people are like, how did you do that? Or they used to say, don't boost Facebook ads. She's like, oh, I boost them all the time. And I get like all these, you know, so it's like, there's, Everybody says there's one right way to do it. Like there's not. So the one Angie just yeah. I think the one right way is to be organic and come Mm -hmm. from a place Mm -hmm. of integrity, right? So Mm -hmm. if it's serving your people, if it's serving your greater good, or it doesn't matter if it doesn't work for anybody else. If it's you know all about your business and the people that you're serving, and it works for them, then who really cares? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just that beautiful mix of fun and intuition mixed with structure and organization and together, like we're just, I think are incredible just because we both can balance each other out in those ways. So yeah, it's crazy. we kind of just came together and kind of sounds like you two, like it's like a marriage. You kind of find who's, (laughs) you know, who, what enjoys doing what, who doesn't. And you just, we're just learning as we go too, what our strengths and weaknesses are. And I think we're even just finding more of them as we go. Like I'm very creative. I love being the visionary. I love being the big picture. But now I'm kind of sort of wanting to dive more into liking the details and that sort of stuff. So it's interesting as we grow and grow through this process, I feel like we're kind of learning as we go too. One of the things that Michael and I figured out is that I am kind of the idea person. So I'm like, Mm. oh, I want this on our website or I want to create this worksheet for the training vault or any number of things. And I don't actually want to create the thing though. Like I have this picture in my head. It's so me. Sitting down at a computer. I'm like, can we put a video like here and 
do this? Jen will be like, well, yeah, but then we'll have to like move this. I'm like, no, I just want the video there. <laughs> Ready to go. Ready to go. And I'm like, and done minutes ago. No, um, yeah. You know, so I definitely funny. have the idea, but how it all gets done. And that's, you know, I was joking with you guys about how we were going to do this interview. And I'm just like, I'm going to show up. Michael takes care of the technology. Like, I don't need to know all of this part of it. It works. That's all that I know. <laughs> so it sounds like you guys have figured out how to make this work. And, uh, Everybody else benefits, it sounds like. So you you mentioned <laughs> yeah. WBA. So let's really drill into that. What is WBA? What's it stand for? And I know the first word. And so really explain where that word comes from and what it means. The Women's Basketball Association. <laughs> <laughs> I, all the time, like, Chad, do you know that you the WBA is like the Women's Basketball Association? <laughs> Damn it. We picked the wrong name. Uh, it's called the Wellpreneur, which is... Sometimes I find the most difficult word for anyone to say or spell, but um, it means a wellness entrepreneur, wellpreneur business academy. So it's uh, the academy where health and wellness professionals can come to learn how to monetize their brands. We do everything from helping them with their branding, their focus. We're bringing on obviously financial experts now because we want to expand the academy and make it this one-stop shop for health and wellness professionals to come overcome money blocks, get all of their front end of their business and all the back end of their business. So they don't have to go anywhere else. And it's, we see it as like a, it's a pretty fast paced course just because it's 14 weeks, but we feel like it's a, it's a one-stop shop for a lot of these health and wellness professionals who are in network marketing. That's a large majority of who we serve or women who just graduated from Institute of Integrative Nutrition, personal trainers, nutritionists who are really tired of working and at the, at, a, at a gym or a facility and want to take it uh, digital. I think it's so good that we work or that we are in this world of the internet and we all have information at our fingertips, but I almost feel like that can be so stifling sometimes where it's information overload. And like you guys were saying, where there's all these shoulda, coulda, this is the way everyone should do it. And I, I think almost sometimes you can just get frozen and where do I even begin and how do I start sort of filing through all of these ideas and strategies. And I, I think where you said, you know, we want to be a one-stop shop. I think what you guys bring to the table is simply clarity for, like like you were saying that you found a lot of this stuff on your own originally when you first started, but you make it so a person doesn't have to rifle through everything to find the answer. It's kind of like you just, people just come to you and you're going to lay it all out there for them, which is so helpful. Yeah, most of the people that come to us are usually in a state of information paralysis, kind of like you said, or they are just spinning their wheels, their total squirrel brain syndrome. And we've actually taken on the joke title of squirrel tamers because of this. <laughs> so, you we know, we tame the squirrels. We tame the squirrels. We help you just like bring it down for a sec because at the end of the day, you know, there is so much information. And if you're scrolling your newsfeed, you probably are, and, and if you're clicking on, different ads, you're probably getting inundated with different business coaches and marketing things and Instagram this and learn about how to do webinars and Facebook ads and all of this stuff. And a lot of the people that we work with, they try to piece it all together and their inbox just becomes a freemium graveyard of all of this information that they might not need right now. And they're just completely overwhelmed with how to implement any of it. Cause it's all just like the little pieces. They've got a couple of the dots, but they don't know how to put it all together. So I think our main goal is just to give them the things that they need, but take them through in the right order, because we've got a lot of people who will come to us. And, you know, even we, before they take the course, when they jump on the phone with us, they're like, well, I just started my coaching business. And my first thing that I'm doing is I've spent the last three months trying to figure out how to launch a website. Cause I'm going to start a blog. And we're like, 
that is not going to be profitable right out the gate. You know, you've got to really start building an audience. And um, unless you really want to get into blogging and I'm like, do you love writing? People be like, no, not really. I'm like, then why do you want to start a blog? Like, do you want to be writing multiple times a week? They're like, no, oh my gosh. So I think sometimes, you know, people or, or new people to like the online space, they're taking a look at what other successful people have in place. They're like, okay, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they have a website. I guess those are the things that I need but they're not seeing all of the other background stuff. They're not seeing all of the email automations and the freemiums and the list building and the private conversations and email and messenger and all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. And if they're not seeing it, they don't know they need it. And so they end up putting all these front end pieces in place and they're not profitable and they waste a lot of time. So I think that's our big mission is like, we're going to help you put the pieces in place in the right order, really build it from the bottom up instead of just throwing random stuff up there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because success leaves clues, which I totally believe. But then there's also what Jen said, there's this room of these anomalies. And even my own business coach, when she met me, we worked with a similar woman for a while or the same woman for a while. And she said that you're an anomaly. This is weird. I don't, it doesn't make sense. And I said, well, yeah, on paper, it doesn't always make sense. And I realized that with some of our girls, we say that to them, we'll say, you know, listen, what, what feels good for you, you have to do in the end of the day. So we can teach you all these systems and strategies, but if you want to try something else, go for it because you have to tap into what feels good for you, especially when you own a personal brand. There's a, there's a multitude of ways to build an audience. There's a multitude of ways to get attraction. There's people right there out there. There's 12 year olds who have 700,000 likes on a YouTube video and it's them and their cat in their kitchen eating jello. Like it's like, <laughs> like random, random crap, right? Like, right. Social media makes sense, but then it also doesn't make right. sense. And the only thing that really does make sense is that if you can do attention marketing or attraction marketing, I kind of like attention marketing, then you win because you're building that audience and you're getting attention and you could have the greatest products, but if you don't have attention, then it just sits there. So that's not a making part sales. of our program is getting the girls to be visible and visibility is basically video. So a huge passion of ours, we're creating a mini course. We're going to put a lot of it into WBA is is video. You guys obviously probably know that we love, love, love video. So. Yeah. I, you <laughs> it's know, one fun. Of the things that I feel like I have to say to people sometimes when I'm helping them with the financial coaching piece is trust the process. And mm. I really mean that because a person doesn't even realize what they want for themselves sometimes at the beginning of that of that process because they I feel like sometimes they feel very they have very limiting beliefs they have very limiting ideas and they don't realize it and for me to say that I can't even pinpoint exactly what that means for them and what I mean for you guys is you probably have these people who come on board for your program and they think they want x y and z because they almost feel like that's all they can have because that's all they've seen other people do and then they start to chip away one thing at a time and then draw back another layer and then accomplish one more thing and then I think what happens is it sort of expands all of these ideas that you have for yourself and that's actually when I think your the business starts to form really um, from a very personal standpoint where you start to feel really ownership over it. Like, this is mine. This is what I've created for myself. And same for a person's financial goals is we have to get through that initial phase. And then it's like they can finally see more long term. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 The what's possible is huge. And even with women and finances, especially, I was talking to a girl a few days ago on a discovery call. And she said, right now I'm charging this amount for my life coaching. And I said, why, why don't you have a high ticket 
price pro program. I and mean, right now, I mean, you're a, you're a high-end life coach. You have a ton of experience. You need to have a 4K program, a 5K program, possibly a 10K six-month program. She literally said she was almost going to like hang up the phone. She was like, what? I could charge people that? And I'm like, yeah. And she said within a few days after it sank in, she realized what was possible. And just having one person, she didn't even pay me, one person tell her, of course you can charge that. She literally shifted her entire mindset and is like, I'm going. And how funny is it that all it takes sometimes is one person, AKA Jen and I, or whatever coach they go to, to say, yeah, that's possible. And then once you realize you can charge that much and you're worth that much, women women are, are, are unstoppable, which I think is awesome with money. It's like, once you give someone permission to make a lot of money, they can go make a lot of money. <laughs> but until then they've had parents or loved ones or their husband, unfortunately, or people in their life who are like, oh, you can't, you can't charge that. People people won't pay that. Mm -hmm. So then that's what they think. So they come to us in our program. They're selling hundred dollar eBooks wondering why they don't have a full-time business. Well, you're selling hundred dollar eBook here and there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's interesting. I think, I mean, you guys obviously are in fiscal fitness or financial fitness and it's interesting because you probably hear a lot of those blocks right over and over of what's possible. And sometimes just giving someone permission is like the greatest thing you can do. Essentially what I was so. going to say is that sometimes people just need to, to have somebody give them permission to yeah. to exceed their standards, but also you have to give mm -hmm. yourself permission, and that is mm -hmm. a big block for a lot of people. So that's funny you said that yeah. because I was that's what I was gonna. Do you guys hear a lot of money blocks, obviously, in your work? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and this is where I think for us, um, you know, I have a lot of people who are working the job kind of job. They're getting a paycheck because they think that's their only option, and we get them to a good financial position where they feel very solid. They feel very strong. And immediately they start to say, you know what? I actually want more for myself than this. And they actually, for the first time, they actually allow themselves to say it out loud. And it happens all the time where a client, I'll be working with them for a while. This, I'm not kidding you, happened in the last month where this woman was like, you know what? I've actually wanted to have my own business for a really long time. And I've never really told myself I could. Like she felt so stuck to the paycheck, to the the J-O-B, that that's what was stable for her and all that kind of, and all we do is it's like, let's start exploring that. Like, what would that look like? What do we need to put in place for you to feel confident taking that next step, you know? And that's where, you know, my next question for you guys is along that same lines of when is the right time for a person to hire either a business coach or sign up for your program? Because is it when they have the first idea? Is it after they've given the idea some, some time to mull over and they've crafted a little bit? Um, you know, where, when is the best time? When would you love to get your hands on them? Yeah, I would say, you know, jump before you're ready. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice I could ever give any entrepreneur. And I think Angie has helped me to even heighten that and do it even better. Jump, jump. She's like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just, you know, I was always the toe dipper where I would slowly acclimate my body to the cold water and I'd get there, you know, within a couple of days, but Angie's like, no, just do it. Just go, you know? So, but I, it's, it's, you know, you build that muscle of just jumping before you're ready. And I think a lot of people will come to us and say, well, I, don't have a business idea, or I'm not sure who I want to speak to. I'm not clear on my niche. And that's why we built the program the way we did. That's what we begin with. So that no matter if you think you have it all figured out, or if you've got no business, we're going to help you get super, super clear on that so that you can really begin building the business from the ground up in a way that is going to be profitable. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, we have newbies who we have one girl, Allison, who we love and adore in our program, probably one of our most like tenacious students, I would say right now. And came in is like, I don't even literally know what it's going to be. I think I want to go into health and wellness. I have a really amazing health story. I lost over a hundred plus pounds. Should I make this a business? I don't like my job. I remember being on the call and I was like, yeah, you definitely should. And she said, well, is this program too advanced? They said, there might be parts where you're a little confused what we're saying. But honestly, I think one of the best experiences you could do is, is immerse yourself in this and just be so inspired and see what's possible. And now who knows where she's going to be in a few years. She's already picking up the pieces, learning the terms, learning the steps. And she came in and literally didn't even know what an email list was, didn't even, didn't even do a Facebook video ever in her life. <laughs> I mean, just this is so new, like ground zero. So, I mean. Didn't have an see- audience. Oh my gosh, no. Didn't post on social media. I had no idea, though, that she had only been in business for about three or four months with a network marketing company. And that's what kind of launched her out a little bit. That was her stepping stone. And I had a conversation with Angie that she'd only been, and I'm like, what? No way. We work with her one-on-one as well. And yeah, I mean, it's just really up to the individual. If you've got the passion and you really feel compelled to get in front of people and serve, I I think it doesn't matter what background you have or how advanced or how new you are, it's, it's possible. You guys talk a lot about, you know, the video and getting in front of people, putting yourself out there. Do you feel like you work mostly with extroverts or do you feel like you have some introverts in your program? Because I could see some people being like, Ooh, I don't know. Oh, we have have mostly introverts. I would say, right. Jen, what do you think? Well, I think it's pretty funny because inside, you know, we have a Facebook group community that goes along with the program and with the membership site And I think you can kind of tell who are the people who really love that community aspect. And those people might be a little bit more extroverts, but I'm a complete to a T textbook introvert. Angie's a textbook uh, extrovert. And I really like working with the introverts because I really feel like video especially can really help them show their strengths. And, uh, you know, I mean, I have background in performing and things like that. So I came into it with I I guess a little bit of an advantage in some ways, but video was not something that I was excited to do. That was not something that really came naturally to me. And I I love working with the introverts. I think we, we have a good amount of introverts. We actually last class had posted about the personality test. Um, what is it called? Disc. I don't want to, is that, is it Meyer? It's like the, the four different letters. Yes. Yep. Uh, what is it? Myers Briggs or something like that. And, uh, yeah, we had them do it, and a lot of them, I would say maybe even more than half of them were introverts. Mm-hmm. But I actually course, like working with them, too. The first 10 people to comment, of course, were the extroverts. And it was... Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, my God! Like, oh, and I was like, like, of course, you extroverts, you got to tell everybody that you, what you got. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of laughing about that. The, the best things about yeah, small groups... I like working with introverts. I actually do, because my extrovert itself, I feel like I can bring out that, that little weird side of them. I'm like, ooh! And they like, I think they're intrigued by me and I'm kind of intrigued by them. So it's like, Ooh, we're opposites. And then I like, I like teaching the the introverts that it's okay to hone in on that confident, bold side of you. I think we all have it in us and, uh, it's interesting, but yeah, most of our girls are definitely very shy. So getting on video is they rather, I mean, some of them admit they're like going to puke before they do video. (laughs) So I wanted to, um, just point out the, the power of a small group. And I do think a lot of our followers are either small business owners for you and us. And I think people sometimes are hesitant to do a group, either a group program or build a posse um, online or something. And 
some of the things that we've just said very naturally is that introverts feel very comfortable and extroverts are going to feel comfortable anyway. So a small group gives them a, a place, everybody to share and everybody to feel comfortable. I will also say that talking about, you know, your Allison participant who is so new, I think it's wonderful for somebody like that to see other people succeeding five steps ahead of her and because success breeds success. And then for the people who feel further along, it's so nice to be like, oh my God, I remember when I was worried about that and now that's a natural thing for me and it's easy and I've overcome that. And I remember when I used to be worried about that just like she was. And it helps you to remember just how far you've come. And so I do think, you know, I always think that a small group is a really powerful thing. And it sounds yeah. like you guys have really created this group where people just feel really comfortable sharing and you are are leading the way. And I just think that's so cool. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. You. A lot of these business coaching programs have literally thousands of people. They have 3000 maybe. So you're not, you're not heard your answers or your questions aren't really answered. So we want to keep it usually 150 under just so both of us together can go in there. We're in there daily responding to them, supporting them. If you go much beyond that and you start getting into the thousands, I mean, that's, that's just, those courses are huge and it's not really the coaches responding to you. It's usually an assistant. And for right now, we want to keep it pretty high touch. So we're actually responding to everyone. And yeah, it's interesting. A lot of the introverts I think are getting more bold and, and getting over some of the fears and the extroverts I think are kind of seeing where they still need to work on things. And it's, it's been interesting to see all their different personalities. <laughs> yeah. That's I've always wanted to be a teacher though. Growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher in front of a classroom. And now I'm like, wow, this is what teachers must go through is learning all the different personalities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So Angie, you were talking earlier about, um, the one client who was undervaluing herself and under, mm -hmm. undercharging. Are there other, like, what are the big mis financial mistakes that some of your, your clients you have to talk through? Like, what are the big ones? Oh yeah. There's so many <laughs> <laughs> under, undercharging, yeah. undercharging and being afraid to ask for the sale. Mm. Those two, they're terrified to put a price tag on it. And there's actually a funny skit of how men sell and how women sell and men sell. It's like, I have this great thing. The guy's like, Oh, other guys like, great. I want it. Cool. Exchange <laughs> women. I have this awesome, amazing thing. Another woman, uh, woman B. Oh my God great. I want it. And then women A is like, Oh no, she wants it. Oh my God, this is awkward. Oh no. Is what I have a value. Oh no, this is so nerve wracking. Oh no, I can't put a price tag on it. She's so nice. I should give it to her. For, I should give it to her for free. That's literally the conversation that goes on in the female species brain when we have something of value. So we have to tell them guys, this is not a charity. You, you run a business. There's no shame in putting a dollar amount on it. And we usually get them to Gosh, there was a girl, Andrea, I worked with for a while in the last class and one-on-one, -on -one, love her to death. We, I think we literally quadrupled her prices and clients still came in person. All of her personal training clients still responded and, and were like, hey, they probably were like, girl, you should have increased your prices a long time ago. Yeah. So it's interesting what happens is we say, listen, the worst thing that happens is people don't respond and you could always go back to your cheap cheap prices and yeah. cheap prices, but <laughs> honestly, it's like, what is, what is the, what is the fault in that? And, uh, so yeah, we, that's one of our favorite things to do. If a girl comes into our course and she leaves with one thing, I would love for it to be that she is not afraid to ask for a sale and mm -hmm. put a nice price tag on what she does the health and wellness coach. She's in a $3 trillion industry. It's not like there's a scarcity of people looking for health and wellness coaches. So, yeah. Well, one of the other things that I feel like a lot of people, the mistake that a lot of people make is that they charge per hour and they'll do one call here for 50 bucks, one call here for, you know, whatever. And our big thing is like, no, make a package, create a package, let it be high end. If one-on-one -on -one coaching is 
something that you're passionate about or if you're doing group coaching, put something together so that you're actually taking them through a process. Just doing a one-off call here and there, are you really able to serve your client and really help them get from point A to point B? Probably not if you're in the health and wellness industry or if you're teaching them finances or business coaching or pretty much anything. You know, you're going to need to have more than one interaction with that person to really get them to their end goal. So our big thing is, you know, really have the packages put together. It holds the client to a much higher level of expectation. It holds you to a higher level of up-leveling as the coach, and it's more profitable. Mm -hmm. You know, you're able to give so much more and really help serve that person in, in a much bigger way. And I mean, even when I first started, you know, looking into doing business coaching, I had no context for what you could make as a business coach. And this one woman was, you know, an acquaintance was like, I am hiring you you're going to be my business coach. And I was like, I, I'm, I don't do this though. Like, I, I don't even know if I'm legally allowed to like outside of my network marketing company or whatever. And I asked around and I went into some entrepreneur groups and I said, Hey guys, so thinking about charging like $30 an hour for business coaching. Like, what do you guys think? Is that like, what are the prices? And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like Jen, no, they were like at least a hundred upwards of that. And I was like, Oh, but I really didn't know because I wasn't in that world. So I think for a lot of people, it's not that they necessarily are trying to be, uh, you know, the, the cheap coach. I think they just don't know what they are able to charge. They have no context for what the industry possibilities are. It's this deep sense of guilt. There's this, this idea there has to be exclusivity with, I do really great work in this world. I help people. And I make a lot of money and those can't be the same thing. And I like love owning that. Like, I think our work we do is great. I love what Jen and I do. I am so people passion focused, but I also want to make a lot, a lot of money. And I don't think there's anything wrong with both of those. And our women come in and they'll say, oh my gosh, people who make a lot of money are bad people or they're selfish or they're greedy. And what if my clients hate me? And it's, I mean, you guys work around this. I would love to see women just owning that more and just saying it's okay to want both and still be a really good person who has a huge mission to serve and help people. One of the things so. that I, I reconciled a long time ago with my coaching business and, you know, same thing as you guys definitely made some mistakes along the way, learned things the hard way or just grew. I started Jen charging $50 for an hour. Yeah. So that was probably 13 <laughs> years ago. And same thing. I was now I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? I was probably paying people to help them. So yeah. Um, but one of the things I realized, <laughs> I've never heard that. That's so funny. <laughs> God, you were paying them. I was, yeah, at the end much. of the day, I was probably paying them. So, um, the, uh, what I realized is when every time I raised my prices, my clients showed up more. And I found that by, if anything, not only how you are saying, Angie, that those two things can coexist, I think they must coexist. I think that by charging your price, you are actually helping the client more than charging very little because it forces them to commit at a level that I don't think some people, it's not just yep. a financial commitment. And that's what I tell people all the time when I'm having that sales conversation is I say, this is so much more than a financial commitment right now. Like we're going to have emotional conversations. We're going to talk about mental transformations. We're going to talk about the time and energy that goes into this and it's not just financial and that's just one piece of a much bigger commitment that they have to make yeah i always say you have to pay to pay attention and to put the skin in the game you have to pay to pay attention and jen and i joke about this mm -hmm. i we don't have business coaches right now uh but if i was to hire another one soon in the, in the next few years again or a life coach 
even in my own health and wellness coach again or something, I, I would actually want them to be really expensive. <laughs> I told you this. I go, I actually want them to be really expensive. She's like, what? I'm like, because I know I'll actually show up and do the work. And if she's cheap, I'll probably think that there's something a little sketchy about that. And I actually won't do it. If I go to someone's website now, any coach or professional, if it's like a $20 coaching call or like just stuff that just seems so, so low, I'm like, ah, eh, it's probably not a professional. Mm-hmm. So it is actually this perceived value too. Jen talks about this a lot. It's these women need to realize you want to play in the big big leagues you can't have a twenty dollar six month coaching package on your website people are gonna be like what i'll just google it that's weird (laughs) yeah a lot of our ladies they will do these courses or challenge groups or online coaching accountability things or one-on-one calls and they'll you know charge like thirty dollars fifty dollars for personal training or coaching or whatever and then when you know they'll come to us and we're like okay well you know start maybe getting together some testimonials for your next course and they're like well i don't have any and it's like, well, why? Because people didn't show up. They didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was valuable. They had no skin in the game and they didn't get results. So that's a huge piece, especially with the health and wellness field. Like the results typically are, you know, based around weight loss or, you know, improving your body. So the transformation is very clear. It's very visible. It's very tangible. And a lot of these ladies, they start to realize after doing free group after free group or charging, you know, peanuts for their services that, you know, when they actually start to put a real price tag on what they're providing, people actually show up. They show up because they're like, well, I paid $500 or $2,000 for this. I'm not missing a single session. I'm not eating the extra calories or whatever. So I think there's so much power behind that. So true. Absolutely. Money is the highest level of commitment. Right. And you know when the, like, I think a good example is when there are the, the, the holiday weight challenges at work and they're the free ones and then what's the percentage of drop-off? I mean, it's got to be yeah. huge, but then you put $50, you know, and there, you find that right amount, whether it's 50 or 100, but then you get your money back if you, if you meet the goals or you win the pot or something. It's just that level of accountability is, is always easier when there's money involved for somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to pay to play. Exactly. So I think one of the other financial mistakes that I see, and I don't know if you guys see this or not, is uh, my business clients who will purchase something assuming it's going to sort of save the day or it's like the one big ticket, you know, like they're going to pay $3,000 for a brand new website and that's going to immediately pay for itself or, um, you know, gosh, this new computer and the computer is going to make everything change. It's going to make it all better. And, um, it, it just doesn't, it's like these big purchase ticket items, you know, that I think it really comes down to the personal growth and professional growth that a person has to go through. That's going to have a much bigger impact, but that's intangible. You know, it's so much harder to quantify or put a number on it, but that is much better of an investment, I think, than any of the products or things that you could purchase that you think are going to like save everything. Do you guys see that at all Mm -hmm. in your program or no? Like somebody posts like, Oh, I just bought this. And yeah. Yeah. Occasionally I, you know, it depends on the person. I think, you know, some people will maybe buy a computer and that forces them like, Oh my gosh, I have got to make a return on this investment because this is going on a credit card and I have to find a way to pay it off. But we also see it a lot with live video. One of the biggest questions that we get about getting on camera that people usually ask is what equipment do I need? And we're like, you don't need anything. You need a phone and natural lighting. And everyone really wants to go and invest in a $300 diva ring light, you know, a $1,400 DSLR camera, but they have no business, no audience. (laughs) They've never done a video before. 
that's not going to make you a star. That's not going to make you great on camera. It's going to make you look more professional. But if you don't have the content to back it up and you haven't done the personal growth work, like you were saying, and you haven't done the actual tangible business foundational pieces, you know, you, you can, you know, throw a mediocre actor on a Broadway stage. It's not going to make them a Broadway star. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I actually wouldn't let myself buy the diva ring light and all the equipment I have now until I actually showed up and got on video first when it was just like me in front of natural lighting my iPhone seven or back then it was a six or the five. And I just had to do that. And it was awkward. It probably was very amateur, but I did that for so long. And then finally played the big, you know, I was like, all right, I'm ready to get the team ring light. I'm ready to really invest in all of this. Yeah. A lot of these women don't realize again, like going back to the people on YouTube, you, some of those people on YouTube, it's not the best quality video, but they're bloggers and they're consistent and they show up and there's entertainment or value. So if you have entertainment or value and both or both, which is even better, you're winning because people want entertainment or value. (laughs) So, and some of those kids on YouTube are just using their phone. It's crazy. It's crazy. I totally agree. Just show up, right. And show up consistently. Mm -hmm. That's show so up. Cool. Yes. That's so our biggest thing. Just show up. If you don't show up, you'll never build the audience. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So I did not realize, um, we, the next sort of note that we have is that you guys both got out of debt. I did not realize that. So I want to mm-hmm. hear about that. Yeah. I was Facebook stalking. <laughs> You're like so excited to talk about debt. <laughs> I'm, so pro- I'm, I'm very You're proud like, of I love any sort of financial improvement yeah. story. You know, I think it's so powerful for people to to hear it. So yeah, Michael was apparently stalking you guys. So yeah, I was watching your Facebook live <laughs> yesterday and, and I was like, Oh, we got to talk about that because that's awesome. I'm so proud of you yeah. ladies for Yay. doing that. But I want, I want to hear, I want everybody to hear this, your story of getting out of debt and paying off, paying or selling your car and everything for both of you. Wow. Big yeah. Well, mine changes. Mine's not as cool as Angie's. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is probably a good thing. I'm actually jealous. I have way more debt than Jen. Um, when I, started my business, I was not the best at not using my credit card for a lot of things. So I racked it up with random stuff and years later it caught up and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is real. You actually comes back to bite you in the butt. (laughs) Interest is a real thing. So for me, that was a huge goal of mine. And I think it was a year and a half, two years ago, I just paid it off literally in one huge chunk, which was really exciting. So, um, Completely. Yeah. I don't have any credit cards or any of that right now, which is amazing. amazing. But for me, um, you know, I think the emotional part of debt is really scary to women. A lot of women will ask us, how did you run a business when you were in debt? So I, you know, I used it as fuel. I actually used it as motivation. I said, you have two decisions. You see it as this really draining thing over your head that owns you, or you see it as motivation. And I actually think if I wouldn't have been in debt, I wouldn't have built my business because I was so hungry to pay off those cards. I was so hungry. I was so sick of seeing that bill every single month. I was so tired of it. So for me, I was like, I'm going to have a multiple six figure launch and literally be done with this. Like I'm so done with this. So for me, it was a driver. I actually think it's a blessing and I think it's fuel. Most people, that's why my podcast is called hungry for more. I think if you're not hungry, things don't really happen. So I actually, I don't know my debt was kind of a blessing. Um, I had a lot more of it than Jen's. So. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, her story, I mean, what's your story with it? Yeah. I mean, I had, well, my parents are pretty good at juggling their debt. They definitely have debt, but my mom is kind of a ninja when it comes to 0% credit cards. So since the time that my brother and I were in high school and, you know, we would get 
things in the mail, the credit card companies were on to her and they realized that she would never let any of her credit cards get any interest. So they stopped sending the zero percents to her. So she would sign up with us, which is kind of a ninja thing to do and would transfer them, find the zero, no, no transfer fees and just bounce them around until she was able to bring them down and pay them off. (laughs) Which is kind of hilarious, which, you know, they weren't great necessarily in not accumulating debt, but they managed it somewhat well. As cheaply as possible. <laughs> as cheaply as possible. Yeah. Well, you know, she she would talk to people and they were like, what? This is a thing that you can do? Zero percent credit cards exist? So, you know, I was fortunate in that where most of the credit cards that I had were not accumulating any interest. And so I really only had to pay off the things that I put on. Um, I had about 10,000 and then I paid off some of it. And then, uh, you know, about six months before Angie and I started working together, I put about $7,000, uh, on, you know, with a business coach and different courses and traveling. And I just had a flip switch in my mind. And I was like, I know that these are the pieces that I need in order to fill in the holes for myself to grow my business. And it worked. I mean, that was exactly what I needed. I had to up level. I had to invest. I had to get those last pieces in place. And yeah, I put myself in that debt and it definitely was hanging over me. There was a lot of shame that I had around carrying, you know, even a small amount of debt, but you know, within, I think a week of invest you know, putting that additional 4,000 on, I was like, I'm going to start doing high level one-on-one. And I signed my first like $3,000 client, like two weeks later, signed another one. So I paid it off really quickly because I had a fire lit under me to not let that become any bigger. And then, you know, a couple of months later, Angie and I started working together and yeah, now, now we're not, that's not a concern of debt. Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully. (laughs) You know, it's funny. So I actually, yeah, I, I told you guys the story. I was like turning 21. I wanted to go to Tony Robbins. I was really in debt and I wanted this business coach. I had a car I wasn't using. I got like $13,000 for it or something. I went into CarMax. I was like, oh, it was, it had so many miles on it. I don't even know why they gave me 13 grand. And I took 10 of it and paid off a credit card that had 10 grand to, towards a business coach. And then the other four or five I put towards uh, Tony Robbins. And I went to Tony Robbins. So my parents were like, what are you doing with your life? I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm fine. I need Tony in my life. I don't use this car. My mom was so against it at first. And then after she's like, wow, that was probably one of the smartest things you ever did. Cause ever since then I was like on fire. I was like, business coach, Tony cards paid off, boom, go. And I just ran. So yeah, for people listening, if you, if you want to get hungry and figure it out, maybe you should uh, sell some shit. <laughs> I was just like, what do I have to sell? Oh, I've got a car that I don't ever touch <laughs> in the driveway. So I yeah, I actually guys, sold a know, car when things, I was like 21. So one of the things that you guys are saying that I just wanted to point out is, you know, so many times looking at your money is scary and some people really fight against doing it so much. They don't want to look. They are, they have convinced themselves it's horrible and it's usually not as bad as what a person thinks it is, you know, but really getting them to sit down and look and truly look at their finances and put a plan in place to get themselves out of it is one of the hardest steps for a person to take. But I will tell you what you guys just described is what happens 99% of the time, which is that once a person sees it, 
they get so fired up. And the exact opposite of what they think is going to happen ends up happening. So a lot of people think, I don't want to see it. I'm afraid to look at it. It's going to be worse than I think. You know, it's going to be terrible. I'm going to be, like, filing bankruptcy. Like, I'm going to do all... Like, they've convinced themselves it's horrible. They sit down and look at it, and immediately, once you see it... I always say it's the same as, like... What you've done is you've identified the problem, and then the solution becomes easy. Where if you don't look at it, you really don't truly know what the problem is, and so you don't know a solution. You can't solve a problem that you don't know the problem, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, what you guys described is that you finally looked at it, you saw it, right? And it, then you can solve it, and you solved it. It made it so that you kind of get tunnel vision, which is that everything else, all those other ideas or solutions aren't actually solutions, and you just immediately sort of go sprinting in the direction towards solving the problem. You know what's interesting, too, and this could be a whole show in itself, so we don't have to go deep into it, but I noticed a pattern with myself, and I don't know where it came from, and this is like money stories, but the scarcity mindset was kept coming in. So the day that I paid off all the debt on my credit cards, I actually wanted to go spend money again and, and put money on it. How freaky is that? I was actually like oh my God, I need to go spend, like, I'm free. I need to go, like, I'm just going to go shopping. I'm going to go do something. And it was very scary for me to feel that way and think, why would I be so impulsive to now get back into that cycle? It's almost like an addict who's addicted to that feeling of like, ooh, that rush of like, oh my God, I got to put, hey, it's a credit card. That means it's free money, right? When it's not. And uh, that's been interesting. I mean, that hasn't happened in a few years, but sometimes that, that is interesting to me to really study the scarcity and abundance mindset and how we see money and why sometimes people get out of debt and then they put themselves back into it again on purpose. It's like this self-sabotage. Totally. You guys probably know way more about this than I do, but this is, I'm actually going to give an exercise. So for those of people who have you heard of this or am I crazy? No, it's no, totally. Absolutely. Ex- so okay. Woo. Yeah. Woo. One of the exercises that I want all the listeners to do, and this is um, something I have all of my clients go through. It's the idea of setting your guiding principles around money. Okay. And this is not a rule. I don't like the word rule because for some people rules are meant to be broken, right? And this is a guiding principle. A principle is one of those things. It's your convictions. It's meant to be there even when it's inconvenient, right? So it's one of those things that this is truly something that we feel very firm in our belief around. So, And one guiding principle that you can set for yourself is what are you willing to use debt for? What is the, and you literally will put this in writing. You know, some people, I'm only willing to take on debt for a house or I'm willing to take on debt for a house and a car. Other people, I'm willing to take on debt as long as I have X amount down and I have a plan in place to pay it off within six months. Or does that make sense? So everyone's guiding principle is different. But the reason I bring this up, Angie, is because every single client who is in, is in debt and they come to me and we get them out of debt I am not kidding you. At some point in the future, they will call me and say they want to go back into debt for something. 100% of the time, okay? So what happens is the pain of being in debt and all the anguish and all the shame and all of the stress and, you know, like you were saying, like, I hated getting that bill in the mail every month. All of a sudden, that's forgotten. It's like you forget of what that felt like. And so you're very quickly and easily willing to go right back into debt even after you just got yourself out of it. So the idea is that these guiding principles keep you firm and when you're logical and rational and not emotional about something and you're like, I know that this is not what I want for myself, it kind of gives you that sort of guiding principle around what works for you and what doesn't work for other people. Does that make sense? Wow, that that's, that's I just wrote that down. The certainty of debt is actually sometimes 
more attractive. And as humans, we love certainty. Even if it's shitty, we love certainty versus <laughs> what we could have. So being broke and being in debt sometimes for people is certainty because that's their story and that's who they are. So when you're out of it, it's like feels weird. You're like, what do I do? I'm not living paycheck to paycheck or I'm not looking at these credit card statements and having this, this game of, of paying it off. And it's almost like this yeah. rush. So yeah, it was weird. I remember it. I remember that day calling my mom and she's like, what, aren't you so happy? I'm like, this is really weird. I want to go spend money right now. She's like, do not go spend money. <laughs> I was like, oh, I had to talk you off the ledge. Like and he's like, yeah, go do what you want. But okay. you know, I think a good thing to, to put in into place here too, for a lot of your listeners, especially people who are obviously older than Jen and I, we're both under 30 and I see it as we're in this beautiful time. And especially when I was 21, I just turned 27 last week. Um, I remember sitting my parents down and saying, listen, I'm really young. What is your best advice for me around finances and what's going on? I want to be an entrepreneur. You know, my intent and thank God my parents were pretty real about it. They said, listen, run, run like the wind, take risks right now. You don't have kids. You don't have a mortgage. Literally, if you have to be broke and fall on your face, do it right now. And my dad was like, do it right now. I wish I could go back to 21 building businesses and doing it. So I spent 21 to 24, just making who knows what mistakes, investing in who knows what, going broke, paying it off. I mean, I went through so much in four or five years and now at this, this steady, uh, better place. But I, I think if you're young and you're listening to this, like, I don't know if you guys agree, that's the time to kind of play with your money, invest and take those risks. Cause I don't have kids. And to be honest with you, if I had kids right now, it'd be scary. A lot of the things I've done. So I don't know. I just like to mention that. Cause I know a lot of people listen to our shows. They're like, well, you guys don't have kids. You don't know what it's like. So, and we don't know, we don't know, yeah. we're not parents yet, but I would just like to say, well, I think that's good though, that we at least put ourselves in that mindset of we are so young. Why don't we take risks now? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I will say that I think, um, you know, cause we're new parents, we have a 14 month old and I will say that you, there's something very motivating and can really put a fire under you when you have a kid though. So oh. I mean, I do think uh, there's so much that can happen because of a child. So it doesn't have to be restrictive and it doesn't have to be something that holds you back. Or if anything, it Mm -hmm. might drive you to do something that you weren't willing to do before. Because you all of a sudden, it kind of gives you that different perspective of like, I have this little thing that's going to watch me and learn from me. And I have to... I have to teach them. I have to lead them. I have to show by example and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I've actually found that a lot of our, or a lot of the women that I've worked with who have kids or who are parents, they have a bigger reason why they have to show up in a big way. And, you know, like you said, little eyes are always watching and they want to be able to provide. So I think that that's a huge, huge motivator for a lot of people. Yeah. Exactly. Well, tell us you guys about, so you, do you both do one-on-one coaching as well as the WBA? Yeah. So we actually have a lot of ladies who are inside the program who want to do additional one-on-one calls. So that's primarily where we are focusing our attention right now. We do have some women who will occasionally come to us, you know, between classes and say, Hey, I want to, you know, work with you one-on-one. And so we kind of assess from there. Um, I think for the most part, having someone inside the program already it's a better use of our time and their time. And what we do together, you know, Angie and I both have different strengths. Um, so a lot of times we'll, you know, have it go in for both of us. And then the person can decide if they want to do calls with Angie or me or a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Like right now we're getting a lot of women who either they're really, they're a lot more advanced or they want one-on-one. So we do do it. But the reason we kind of say it hesitant is because it's very, 
we we don't do it for everyone. We could not it's not public on our site. If a woman reaches out, like we got a lot of inquiries even this week, and we'll decide, okay, is this a woman we really want to dive deep with? Is this someone who really needs our additional support? Is one-on-one -on -one actually better for her? But nine out of 10, we like for people to go through the academy and do the course and then assess, okay, do you still need additional support? Because if we can teach this to you in the school in 14 weeks, we rather have you do that and just some additional calls here and there than go dive deep in stuff that we're gonna repeat inside the course. So usually we only offer one-on-one -on -one for current students, people who have completed the academy. Got yeah, it. current or alumni. Okay, mm -hmm. and you guys have, um, the WBA is 14 weeks, and as, do you mm -hmm. run it a few times a year, once a year, how often? Yeah, so we are going to be running it probably two to three times a year. Um, you know, it definitely is a, a bit to launch it and to get all of those pieces in place for the launch season. Um, it's definitely a, a good amount of work during the class. You know, we really, really dedicate a lot of our time to our students and really want to make sure that each person feels heard. So it's our, our goal essentially is to really have a group coaching program with a one-on-one -on -one feel, which is definitely a challenge when you have a good amount of people. But, you know, to run it two to three times a year, that's, that's pretty much where we're at right now in terms of the program. Mm -hmm. So that we can really honor each person that's enrolled. Mm -hmm. So we're in the process now, are you, if people want to sign up for the next round of coaching, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, so right now we have a wait list. So if people go to the wellpreneurbusinessacademy.com page, it says it has all of the information on there and they're able to sign up for the wait list so that they will be in the first to know when we open the doors in June for the next class. And then we also have a discovery call form where they can book a call with us and just give us their information. And from there, we can kind of go back and forth and chat with them, jump on the phone and really assess if beginning now with some one-on-one -on -one calls would be a good fit for them or really if just waiting for the June class would be the best fit. Mm -hmm. Got it. What, um, I, uh, I love like tangible takeaways, right? I mean, that's kind of my thing. So, um, whether it's a list or an action list or something that they can say, I need to do step one and step two, if someone's thinking about starting a business, what, what's the first or maybe the first two things that you recommend that they, they do? Mm. Starting an online business, obviously. Yeah, sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, if they're starting like a nail salon down the street, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> but still, they need social media too. Everyone needs social media now. It's, yeah. it's the new TV. It's the new marketing. I would say getting massively visible, but first getting really clear on, and I know this is so over said, but honestly, it's everything is who you are and who you serve. What do you do? Mm -hmm. What problem do you solve? Entrepreneurship is about solving a problem. Joe, Jen, and I do. We saw a need in the market. We solve a problem. We know who we're speaking to. That's it. Those three pieces. That's why the business has been really, really smooth. I think a lot of these women want to overcomplicate who they're serving, who they're speaking to, what do they do. So get really clear on who you are, what do you do, who you serve. If you can get really clear on your UVP, which is your unique value proposition, what makes you a little bit different in this market, that would be great. But to start, just get visible, whether that is video, blogging, maybe starting a podcast, how are you going to get your message out there? Because if you don't have clients and you don't know who you're serving, you don't have a business. So that would be my two things to jump into right away. I love that. Great. Great two questions yeah. to ask. Anything you want to add to that or anything different? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say also just getting clarity in, in your vision and your goals in terms of what you want the business to look like and not allowing that to become what you think it should look like or what you, like a lot of girls when we're helping them really find their niche market, the, that specific group of people they want to work with instead of just, I work with women. It's like, okay, well, 
what kind of women? Oh, you're going to help bikini fitness competitors, you know, chisel down in the last 12 weeks prior to their competition. Like that's how specific we want them to get. So a lot of them will get into that place where they're talking to everyone and they're not really sure who they want to speak to, or they'll take a look at that and say, well, what would be the most profitable niche, which is definitely something to consider. But what Angie and I really encourage everyone to do is really say, well, who am I most passionate about speaking to? Who do I really want to serve? And just really doing an intuitive check-in, really having that moment of awareness and saying, what do I really want my business to look and feel like? I think that is 100% the first place, you know, and then from there you can always say, oh, I'm not really passionate about doing one-on-one coaching. I really think I want to create an evergreen course where it's just pre-recorded and it's up there and people can go buy it. Or maybe I really love doing group coaching. You know, so I think everyone's got to find what lights them up and the way that they feel most excited to communicate information and really just get clear on that. I love that. You know, I, uh, every business coach I've ever had, and I'm a huge fan of business coaching in general in the sense of I'm a coach. And so if I expect my clients to hire me and not just commit to me financially, but to trust somebody and bring somebody in to help them make decisions and guide them, then I need to be willing to do the exact same thing. So, um, and, but you know, what's funny with what you just said is that, uh, every coach I've ever had has always wanted me to define my niche in a financial way. And what I mean by that, I've, I've fought against this for years because I help people with money. They've all wanted me to, um, sort of have an income bracket for my, my ideal client or a debt level, or you have 2000 in savings, but you want 20,000. Does that make sense? It's almost like they want me to quantify it with numbers just because I work with money. And I have never, I have fought against that from day one. I will continue to fight against that because for me, um, yeah, I, really the, the, the driving factor is whether or not you want to be better financially than you are. So you could not have debt and simply want to have more in savings. You could, have a lot of debt and want less debt, you know. Um, to me, I have really high income earners, and I also have people who make very little income, and th- we all have the same problems. And so to me, it's more, yeah. are you a positive person? Are you driven? Do you work really hard? Do you have a strong work ethic? Do you want to be a good spouse or a good parent or a good fa- you know, family member or a good friend? If you have all of those traits, that's, to me, I think what – identify as my ideal client. So it's one of those things. Yeah, I love that. uh, Yeah, I think, yeah, a a lot of business coaches, like you said, will get really fixated on where does this woman like to shop and what's her favorite color? What kind of dog does she have? And we're like, yeah, that's, I guess that's maybe cool to know. Or if you really feel like writing that out, maybe that'll come in handy down the road for some fun or silly Facebook ad copy, but overall it's really not the most Mm -hmm. important thing to identify. And like you're saying, you, you know, starting, like Angie said, with that problem that you solve and, you know, that could, especially for your business, be a little bit broader in that sense, but really knowing, oh, this is someone who wants to save, you know how to serve them. And then, you know, knowing the type of person that you're excited to work with, like that, Mm -hmm. I feel like has to come first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just knowing what problem you solve, I think helps you to feel more confident with the next step, you know? So I think it all is so connected. I think that's the one thing that I realize when I talk to business owners is that you can take one step at a time, but you always have to go into that next step. You just keep having to keep asking yourself question and really drilling into what your beliefs are around your clients and, and that sort of thing. Um, The other thing that I, I think is really true too is, um, One of the things I noticed about you guys is that you talk very positively about 
the women in your program, no matter where they're at. And uh, I think that says a lot about you and your passion for helping them. And, you know, if, if we can't talk positively about who we serve, then we're probably serving the wrong people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We attract usually women who are really high vibe, very positive women. And if we have students who aren't, I mean, we, we're pretty open about like, guys, we keep this space very positive. Jen and I are very positive, uplifting women. And we honor that. And I think a lot of these women, there's a group of them that I can think of right now in this current course that that's probably the biggest part of why they invested is they've never had a safe, secure, positive, uplifting space. And to know that we're giving them that, it literally can make me cry because that is everything. They don't have a family who supports them in this entrepreneurial endeavor. They don't have friends who understand them or get them. And to know that they have a safe place to come and feel alive and be pushed out of their boundaries, that's like the coolest part of our job. Like, I love that. That to me is like everything. That's so fun. And that's what every woman deserves, especially when you're on the entrepreneur journey. It's like, your husband doesn't understand, your friends don't understand, your aunt and uncle think you're crazy and they're laughing at you. And it's like, where do you go? It's it's hard. So for a lot of these women, we're like their space to come and be weird, ask just silly questions. There are no stupid questions. And <laughs> to up yeah. level, especially financially, we're, we're getting them to, like we said, put some new values on, on themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's more, it's not just that they get that space of support. It's that they're also watching other people make it happen. So it's one thing to just have a group of people saying, rah, 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 you can do it. And then actually having a group of women who are going along that same journey and implementing it. Like it just really reinforces that belief that it's possible for them too. And you start to see that all of them begin to up level at the same time. You know, one person all of a sudden is like, I'm jumping in, I'm going to, you know, launch this one-on-one. And then they're all like, I'm going to do that too. Wait, good idea. Boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden it's like live video, live video, live video. Like, guys, guess what I did today? Like I just sold four one-on-one packages, you know? So it's like, it's super fun to watch them just continue to push each other and help each other up level every single day. Yeah. I I always, I always told Jen, I think we've gotten a lot of cool, obviously testimonials. We have like money and I saw my clients and all this stuff. But my favorite one ever to this day is one girl who said, you're like, you're the only person who makes me feel proud or like, you guys make me feel proud of myself and no one else is this proud of me. And I literally like started crying. I was like, oh my God, that's everything. Because at the end of the day, I mean, obviously financial success is great. All this is great. But that this girl is finally proud of herself. That's like, I don't know, that's everything. So there's a lot that comes with this that we like that people don't realize that we as coaches really enjoy. And for us, it's, it's that bigger picture that really drives us. Awesome. Absolutely. So I have, I, we've been talking for an hour already and it felt like it's flown by. It's been crazy, but, um, I have, before we let you go, I have one, one question for you both. Um, and it's, uh, it's, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, being super successful, a wellpreneur coach, what, what's your like out there, outside the box, back of your mind job that you would be doing? And for me, let me give you an example because we were just, (laughs) so I would want to be a, one of those vendors at baseball games that goes around and sells beer and hot dogs. <laughs> why? I, I don't know why. I You're just, out in the sun. Yeah. You get to hear the right. sound of the baseball bat. To, it's sunny. It's, it's exactly, great. Great people. Good vibes. I get it. You get I to get throw. It. I, I mean, might want to do that with you. There's you get you have your hook. Like I'm the guy that sells peanuts, but I always fling it behind my back, and I get the guy two rows behind me, and I get it to him. You know, or like I sell. Like there's a guy in Phoenix that he's the lemonade guy. At all the basketball games, he goes, Lemonade, lemonade, like na na made. I'm like, that's. <laughs> I, 
Uh, and everybody loves him, and he everybody. wins awards. He he gets put on the news. I mean, he, get, he like, ESPN. So that I don't know why. Can but, I just say really fast, ladies? I'm sorry, but I, you know why I think that this is perfect for Michael is because Michael will take any job, any chore, any task, and he will do it with the most amount of gusto that you would ever imagine. And this does not surprise me that something that is like, you know, selling beer and peanuts and you want to do it in such an awesome way. So that's one of the things I love about my husband is that this you. has just clarified that. I get you. That. Make you fun out of things that are not fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a skill in life because there's a lot of mundane stuff and... Ooh, Jen, what's I feel like Jen's gonna have a really good answer to this. <laughs> Jen's like, I don't know. Oh she, my gosh. She's good at this. Wait, so is this like a job like that I would actually want to do, or is this more so kind of like if I, you know, it obviously doesn't pay well, but it like okay, it, it just totally would be fun. It, it you're a millionaire. Your, yeah, yeah, you're a millionaire, and you could do any job you oh, wanted to do. Okay. Or it, yeah, money is not an option, but you just like I feel like this would be fun or oh. entertaining or. Uh, I would work at SeaWorld and I'd be a dolphin trainer. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That's a great one. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my spirit animal is dolphins. Yeah, I would work at SeaWorld every day and and uh, swim with the dolphins and the whales. And I would teach them how to... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, do their thing. What That's I'm going to awesome. do in 10 years. I retire. Yeah, I, I mean, it. mine is obviously to be in windmill maintenance and repair. Um <laughs> Did she freeze right as and she, she said just that? froze? Oh my god, that's <laughs> awesome! So literally, everybody thinks that that is exactly what it is. Well, and we're gonna because. sign off right now because as much, she just dropped the mic. Oh my god! <laughs> the most embarrassing so. moment of her life. Okay, okay. okay wait. Yeah, oh, she, Jen's back. She's back. She's back. You just froze yeah, okay. and you dropped the mic. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm like, guys, I'm here. <laughs> oh my god. No, it would definitely be something with the dogs. I would definitely. Um, I think it's John Stewart that he just has like this dog farm or this place upstate where <laughs> there's just all these rescued dogs hang out. And um, yeah, that's pretty much what I'd like to do every day. Oh, just go hang out with a bunch of dogs. Frolic with the dogs. <laughs> puppy yeah. mill. A puppy mill. No, not a puppy mill. Those are bad. That's like right. creepy breeding things. But um, no, I would just love to, to hang out with dogs all the time. That would be great. Um, my boyfriend actually I, I would work at the DMV and I'd be like the one really nice person and be like hey everybody today's awesome because you know it's the one place you go to where you just don't get meet nice people maybe I would be like the pump up like I'd bring like a boom box I'd be like you're at the DMV <laughs> I would take some really mundane job and make it really fun I think yeah. I, you know, I think I would be a, like a bar- barista or a coffee. Mm. I love coffee. I love the smell of coffee. Um, but mm-hmm. same thing, I, I would do it at a place where you don't have the cranky entitled people. You have like the really, you know, I'd make everybody pay it forward. Like you are paying for the next person's bill and you are paying for the next person's bill. And like I would make everybody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like I have the same gusto and there's certain jobs like I was a bartender and my nickname was by the book because everything was so well, it was a manager who was very condescending. He gave us all nicknames. Mine was by the book and because everything had a system and a structure and I every single thing was made to recipe. And I actually got a high when we'd get really busy and it'd be work at service bar. And I'm like, boom, boom, boom. And I'd get really excited that I could handle this insane volume. And it was like a game to me. So I enjoyed that challenge. But that's definitely a very masculine energy. So I think playing with puppies would probably be <laughs> a more, more enjoyable thing long term. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's oh awesome. Very cool. That's great. We just learned a that's lot about 
all of us. Question. I think. I yeah, love thank it. you. Thanks. Yeah. It's fun. Um, well, Jen and Angie, thank you mo- so much for joining us. Um, really fast, let everybody know where they can see you on social media. Like, what are your top two favorite ways to get in touch with people f- through social media? Angie Dolphin Trainer one one one. Mine's Michael home. Peanut Guy. You're crazy. For my course, there. <laughs> <laughs> we're both obviously, but in all seriousness, we're both really active. Obviously, on Facebook Live, so head over there. You can see both of our pages: Jen Casey, Angie Lee. Uh, we're on live all the time there, and then our website yeah. is thewellbornbusinessacademy.com. Yeah. And, uh, our Facebook group, that's where we, you know, you could definitely come and find us and connect with us in case Angie Lee and Jen Casey, they're pretty common names. Um, so yeah, it's health coaches make bank and you can just go to healthcoachesmakebank.com. It'll redirect you right to the Facebook group. You can come over there and hang with us. Even if you're not a health coach, we don't discriminate. Oh, oh, <laughs> a good probably should be a health coach. <laughs> you're not the beer guy. He, he can't hang out in the no, that oh God, no. stadium. No, no, no. Darn it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for joining us today. And uh, what are the names of both of your podcasts? Really fast. Say those for me, please. Hungry for more. Hungry for yes, more. Stitcher, iTunes, it, all that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And yes. Then, and, and mine is Entrepreneur Now podcast. Entrepreneur Ooh. Now. Awesome. Cool. Well, we will check those out. We'll share links to everything and keep awesome. doing good work for everybody. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for what you do. It's so needed. So thank you for all of your hard work. Yes, you guys are awesome. This is so much fun. (laughs) Good. Good. We got it figured out. All right. All right. Thank you, ladies. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Saver and The Spender. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, www.fiscalfitnessaz.com, to your family, friends, and colleagues. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at IamFiscallyFit, and on Facebook at FiscalFitnessPHX. Join us next time for another edition of The Saver and The Spender.